This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 263. Howard Cooper goes online. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. So if you really think about the process of hypnotic change, it occurs inside of the client's head. So technically speaking, wherever the client happens to be, whether online or perhaps physically there in your office, they've got their head with them, right? So why can't it be more effective from one platform to the other? Hey, it's Jason Lynette, and welcome back to this special twice-a-week series here with the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast. And that opening frame is exactly what Howard Cooper shares as part of this dialogue you're about to listen to. And I reached out to Howard because there's something about his approach to working with clients, at least online, that I already knew of, and I love this as a as a nuance to this work. Because he was getting the request for it years ago, he just started doing it. And about maybe two or three years later, he's then engaging in conversations with other hypnotists. And it's only at that point he was hearing this belief system that perhaps it wasn't as good, or maybe it's not as effective, or what if it just doesn't work? And uh, meanwhile, he was one of the guys kind of already doing it. (laughs) So you don't yet know what you should be afraid of until you've actually uh, been told you should be afraid of it, I think is a rather interesting theme to bring into this. And I wanted to highlight Howard in this series, which, by the way, if you're not yet subscribed to his Rapid Change Works Hypnosis podcast, it's outstanding. Head over to the show notes of this episode, look at the other two previous times that Howard was on the program, and you can see more of the work that he does. But so much of the change work occurring from a conversational standpoint the ability to work interactively with our client in such a way that the hypnotic change work is occurring without the need, as Anthony Jackwood would say, that hypnosis is not a state of the eyelids. And yes, in a couple of weeks, uh, we've already recorded a phenomenal episode with Anthony Jackwood in this series as well, Uh, which by the way, too, you can see even more resources that supplement this episode uh, online. If you're listening to this as it comes out on Thursday, April 2nd, you are just in time. If you're listening after uh, Sunday, April 5th, not to worry because this will still be made available to you because coming up on Sunday, April 5th, at least of 2020, both me and then Howard Cooper plus Dan Candell, the three of us are joining together for a online hypnosis masterclass training event, Rapid Hypnotic Change strategies you will use. And as you listen to this dialogue with Howard, you're going to get more of a preview of his approach to the work. And from my take on this, the more rapid techniques that we use, we are just further chipping away at how solid and real that issue may seem to be. And by doing so, we actually make the work even more effective in the long term because we get that calibration. We get that feedback right away. So this is what Howard, Dan, and myself are going to be sharing in this online event. It's uh, actually just a four-hour event. It's on sale for just $97 US. I'll give you the, the link here on the recording, but it's much easier. Go to the show notes. You'll get the details there. Uh, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash rapid hypnotic workshop and throw some hyphens in between those words and you're good to go. Or we'll keep it simple. 
all of the resources that I'm putting out during this time frame as most of us are in some form of lockdown or uh, limited access, essentially at home. Uh, if you head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash now online, no punctuation in that one, just cram those two words together, no punctuation. That'll go back to episode number 260, which was the first of this coronavirus series, where on that page, there are step-by-step -step technical tutorials. There are email marketing templates. Uh, there's whole demonstrations of hypnotic techniques modified for doing online sessions. That's kind of our hub, and this event with me, Dan, and Howard is going to be there uh, highlighted as well, too. So a lot of workable information, a lot of great content, and highly recommend to follow the links that uh, Howard references as he hosts his own content with his podcast, online trainings with uh, Jürgen Rasmussen, Felix Economakis, which are two phenomenal names said together. Just a lot of great information. And with that, let's jump directly into this session. Here we go. Episode number 263, Howard Cooper Goes Online. Hey, Howard, having you back on the program here, I believe the third time now, how about that, to talk strategically about how it is that we work with clients online. But for uh, everyone else, could you give a quick uh, introduction to yourself? Uh, of course. Well, first of all, it's great to be back here, Jason. I always love being on your show. And uh, yes, yeah, so I've been working as a change worker for the last 17 years, helped thousands of people. And my background is starting out 16, 17 years old, having severe panic attacks and anxiety disorder and spending three and a half years having counseling with a, a very well-intentioned lady whose focus was to help me understand why I was like I was. And at the end of three and a half years going, oh, that's why I am like I am, but I'm not any better. I thought maybe there's some other more direct solution-focused methods that are out there. So I discovered hypnosis. I discovered NLP. I discovered a variety of other more solution-focused methods. They had such a big impact on me. I thought, right, I've got to sort this out. I've got to learn this stuff so I can help other people. And that's when I started out my journey as a change worker. And it's taken me all over the place and doing some really cool stuff. So, for example, I spent two years as the lead presenter with Virgin Atlantic on their Flying Without Fear course, helping uh, phobic flyers learn strategies so that they could change the way they think about flying and then at the end of the day I get on a plane with them and I always used to joke I've got to be good at what I do because between you and me I don't want to be on a plane with a hundred people who are freaking out it's <laughs> a great way of putting it and for uh for more from Howard you can check out previous episodes here we'll link to them in the show notes uh, I'm cheating this is in front of me I don't memorize this episode 142 back in November 20 uh, December 2017 and my personal favorite titled episode ever, number 211, Howard Cooper Ruins a Magic Trick. <laughs> if that alone doesn't make you go back and listen to that one right away, I don't know what will. And, and we're here doing the series, again, highlighting people who have done work of hypnosis online as that's becoming more and more a bit of a need nowadays. And you had a bit of an interesting take on this that, correct me, this was something you kind of realized you had to figure out before you knew that others were concerned about the idea. And this goes back many years ago, right? Mm. I, I've been working with on, online with people therapeutically for years and years and years. Uh, and it was really funny. After about two or three years of working with people online using Skype um, initially, uh, I, I read a, a blog about like, what are the safeguards that we need to put in place for working with people online? And what are the techniques and the methods? And is it safe to do it? And it was like, I'd been doing it for three years quite happily and no one had took mainly because no one told me i couldn't mm -hmm. it just never struck me <laughs> i was like well 
you know, ultimately we're having a conversation with someone. Mm -hmm. Like if we think of it as this magical thing that we're doing to someone, I mean, I don't know about you, Jason, but you know, my eyes don't give out strange spiral powers when I'm in the room. It's not like being not in the room means that the spiral <laughs> powers can't transmit into their head in the same way. Um, they're all just words and they're all just ideas and we're just sequencing language and communication. And, uh, you know, I have had people who will ring me up and say, well, you know, I see you do face-to-face -face stuff and I also see that you do online stuff. Like, can online stuff work? Mm -hmm. um, and I'll often joke with them and I'll say, well, listen, what we need to have happen for change to take place is it's normally helpful for you and your head because that's where the change happens. It's your head. Uh, as long as you're with your head at the time, that's fine. So as long as I'm on my side and you're on the side where your head is, then the change <laughs> should still happen. All right. So let's see. Three minutes and 50 seconds. You nailed it. Thanks for coming back on. And uh, next week. No, let's keep going here. <laughs> no, I love that. And that's where I, I put up a new video on the Virginia Hypnosis website, which you know, temporarily is replacing the welcome page and then the page where people can schedule time to have a call with me. And in the video, I, I kind of call it out even just to respectfully kind of poke fun at the idea just to go, well, look, we have a conversation about your goals. We have a conversation about how the process is going to play out. And then at some point, traditionally, you close your eyes. And at that point, does it matter that I'm in the same room with you? So I, I think it's where you know, so much of what we do is easily adapted. And I think this is a statement that kind of fits across other industries too. If you treat it as weird, it's going to be weird. If you treat it as normal, it's going to be absolutely normal. That that being said, have you found, are there any modifications? I mean, clearly we've already, you know, in this series talked about the technology of being sure you can be heard and good quality, decent sound and such. And we've covered that, but let's talk strategy here. Do you end up changing your methods at all? in these formats? Not a huge amount. Mm -hmm. You know, I am more conscious of the fact that I'm not with them in person. And I think there are some things that we need to safeguard against. So for example, if we're not good at setting frame or setting down some good ground rules, I find that people can get a little bit more distracted. Because uh, I think it was a comedian, Dave Gorman. I, I really like Dave Gorman. If you haven't seen him, check him out. Um, and he had... Um, he was, he did, a, I think it was Google Whack Adventures, or he was talked about procrastination, trying to write a book. And he said, the thing on my computer is I have this thing called the internet. And the internet <laughs> is attached to everything that exists in the entire world. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I find everything that exists in the entire world can be a little bit distracting. And that's sometimes, you know, occasionally what can happen. If you don't set the boundaries of what the interaction and the job in terms of collaboration is that, while you're talking to someone, do you see them kind of like, you know, checking their phone, typing on the keyboard, checking a suspicious message or email? Have you really got their attention? Yeah. Because if they're not with you, but guess what? That's really the same whether they're face-to-face -face in person. Their mind can be elsewhere. You know, it just means, though, that, um, you know, there's maybe less control. So, like, you might get an Amazon delivery. Yeah. And then people go, oh, sorry, Amazon are here. You know? <laughs> now I have to now I have to attempt to one up you with another comedian that Patton Oswalt. 
has the mm-hmm. dialogue of the passive aggressive uh, voice of his treadmill. Hey, come on, nothing, nothing's better than being slender. Hey, I'm the internet. I've got movies. I've got comedy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. you're right. I, I tend the phrase that I've been using is uh, you know let this be an event. The way that you know I, we went and saw a comedian a couple of weeks ago when we were allowed outdoors. It turns out, uh, and when we were there, this is a going trend right now. Where like when you show up, they take your phone and they put it in a zipper pouch that you have to go back to the lobby to unlock. Um, I know Dave Chappelle was one of the ones doing that. And his phrasing was amazing because he goes, it's not that I expect you to bootleg my show because that's going to happen no matter what I do. It's that you bought the ticket. I want you to actually be there. And, and, I, and I use the phrase to my clients, let this be an event, even where I sometimes have video resources for my clients. And I say, don't let this be like, you know, whatever news clip was playing as you're making breakfast. Stop everything, zero into this, because that's what this time is about. But also, I think there's a lot of business systems that you can set up ahead of time that really aid that. So what happens, I fear, is that you have some therapists or hypnotherapists, and you'll speak to them on the phone, and they'll say, oh, I'll tell you what, yeah, let's schedule a session. It's three o'clock, okay. All right, great, thanks. I'll give you a call. And we'll do it on FaceTime. And suddenly three o'clock comes and they're waiting by the phone and FaceTime pops up. That's one experience that people might have of doing this online. That's very different from someone has a scheduled 50-minute initial chat with you, Mm. upon which they get sent a professional-looking booking form. They do the booking form. They sign some forms ahead of time. They get email responses reminding them of the session so that by the time that they get to the moment, it's all been building up to this is a real thing yes. rather than just, you know, Ethel's ringing me on the phone at three, <laughs> which probably doesn't lend itself to the context of this being an event. Right, right. Which, I mean, what you just said there is what I've been kind of reiterating for years for those people who have issues with no-shows, that it's the same issue. And you know, yes, the meaning of the communication is the response that it gets. So if someone doesn't show up to your appointment and we were outside of this whole virus crisis, you know, outside of that time, that's where so often I'd have to look at, well, what was going on in terms of your confirmation? Well, we set it up by phone. That doesn't mean anything. Here's where there's some sort of reminder system. Here's something where, and I, I won't send everybody everything all at once. It's this steps, you know, stepping stones process. So great. Now that we are confirmed, the next step is this. We've only booked your first appointment. You're then going to have another email from me that has the scheduling link to book out your other two. Once I receive that, you'll get another email from me, which has your forms. And then only once I have that, I'll send you over the video conference link. So, and this happens in the course of a few hours, but it's the same as why did they not come to the appointment if it was actually the in-person? Because something dropped out the same way as, oh, the hypnosis didn't work. I heard every word you said. Well, something clearly was missing from the pre-talk. If only framing was a big part of this, Howard. That would just... If if only. If only. Can you imagine? Yeah. (laughs) But but no, you're you're absolutely right. And it it makes such a huge difference. I've often had people surprised at the level I go to in terms of how professional it seems as an outfit, but that helps get the result as well. Because well, show, show is better than tell. So let's rewind back and kind of walk us through that journey. What happens uh, as someone from, from initial inquiry 
if we're talking the online realm, the wonderful interwebs, I hear this thing is going to take off one day. So someone's going to come into you through that sequencing, kind of walk us through that user experience. So someone will normally find me either because they've heard me on uh, through my YouTube channel, uh, writing a blogs, through uh, media. I've got uh, I write for a magazine column. I'm often on the radio. Uh, I appear every so often on the TV. So people find me online, and the first thing it asks them to do is to book a 15 minute initial chat, and then they book it in. They book the time, and then we have the call. Mm-hmm. Rather than, and I much prefer that than me. Just sending, you know, can you call me, Howard? Yeah. No, no, I want them to book a time. There's something very professional about them choosing a time. I have had some funny ones where I ring them at the time that they chose and they go, who are you and why are you ringing? (laughs) And and a woman last week, this was hilarious. She went, you know, you're ringing at a very inconvenient time. I said, yes, you chose it. Yeah. (laughs) I still don't know how that happens. But, but nevertheless, they, they'll book a call, we'll do the chat, and then I send them a, a, a page where it gives them a link to booking, mm-hmm. which is synced to my diary. They then book the first appointment, and they'll get multiple reminders and also SMS and text reminders as well. Because I always think sometimes, uh, sometimes emails go into spam and you have people who say they didn't. But if you multiple communications, they get it. And there's a link to download forms as well. So they then linked, they'd have to download the forms and they're told one of the things that they have to do is to fill out the form and send it back to me before the the session, the first session. Um, and that's it. And then they turn up. But when they turn up, they've already gone through these sequences. They filled out the forms and it's like going to a dentist or a doctor's or some right. other professional outfit. And that's what I really feel passionate about. We're marking this out as different, as you said, an event that's different from just, you know, Ethel from around the corner does a little bit of hypnosis and I'll go and have a cup of tea and a biscuit with her and see if she can help. Right. That that's such a huge that's such a huge factor. And I mean, even looking at not not to go from the negative, but so often our clients are not the ones who wake up and go, man, I've got this issue. I need a hypnotist. They've gone through a little bit of everything else, and then they decide to you know, call the witch doctor as you do. Uh, sorry. So to look at, yeah. here, here's that decision. And as much as we can do to let this stand out, not just being different because it's hypnosis, but being different, if anything, to break the cycle of that tri-fail, tri-fail, tri-fail routine that's been there up until now. And I mean, everything you've just described is going to be the same, whether it's live and in person or connecting through a, a webcam. It's exactly the same. I, I don't really understand the difference. I mean, I, I was kind of forced to do it um, when I think it was 2014. I had been on the TV on a Channel 4 documentary about fear of flying. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I'd, I'd been on TV. So I was a little apprehensive, a little nervous. And I... My whole focus was around, essentially, they say the camera adds pounds to you. How many pounds do I look, you know? <laughs> and by the way, if people check out my website, they'll see it, it looks like a lot of pounds it added, uh, mainly because I was four and a half stone heavier anyway. But I, I suddenly, what I hadn't geared up for was in the, in the space of an hour after the show, I had 47 inquiries that came in from all around the world. Nice. Uh, which was, uh, and I was like, oh, I, I don't understand. What do I do with this? This is incredible. But they were coming from all over the place. I think it aired in Australia as well. And I had all these people saying, can you help me with fear of flying? 
just to go back to that, was that was that um, an international news piece, or was that local, or what was the format of it that? Was a, it was a Channel Four documentary uh, okay, yeah. in the UK, um, but I think it had been syndicated out. Yeah, the way that uh, things like Google News will just collate all sorts of news ser- sources. I had this was like oh this is gonna bring the story back this was the equivalent of a moose lodge in the middle of nowhere pennsylvania and suddenly i was getting calls from i think yeah australia as well that just it got picked up in some search and people were seeing that so all this is the message now that all news is international all media is social media even if it's youtube because people can leave comments there Hmm. Even these news sites are social because people can leave comments on the articles. Yeah, and, and it it just explodes so quickly. Um, I will confess that I was so taken by my newfound fame, um, and I shared this recently. This story. I, I'm not sure whether I'll even share it on you. Well, I will. I'll share it now because why not? Um, I did a, a recent webinar called Cringeworthy Conversations. <laughs> I, I talked about like what are the embarrassing things that have happened in my change in our change work career i did it with jürgen rasmussen and we shared kind of it was like a tell-all yeah the embarrassing stuff that we've done mainly because i think too many people in the hypnosis world present this idea of we have a hundred percent success all the time with everything and i've never screwed up and i've never dude i've screwed up all the time you know and it's it's how we come back from it and how we learn from it that's oh, I gotta throw. Thing. I'll throw my new filter on that one. Um, I get results with virtually all of my clients. Well, virtually means you didn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the funny testimonials that you see occasionally, where people write, "After the first session, I was a hundred percent better," and then by the second, I'd improved even more. It's Wait, what? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. No. Yeah, you're right. Be, being and it's that transparency. It's that just simply being human. This is where. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got videos online of me doing funny hypnosis things with my kids. And no. it's not that I am the almighty hypnotist and I command thine to change. It's that, no, here's a regular person who's learned a set of skills and can help you to produce this outcome. Well, we'll get ready to cringe because when you said and you reminded me that phrase, I'm just a human, this was indeed where I screwed up because I'd just been on this TV channel, channel four on this fear of flying thing, 47 new inquiries pop through. And the first one, I was so like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm on TV. I'm a celebrity now. Oh, my word. <laughs> Talk about went to my head. Ridiculous. Um, and this guy rings me up. Uh, the first inquiry, I ring, I ring him back. And he says, sorry, is that Howard Cooper? I've, I've, just, I've just seen you on the TV. Oh, I'm a bit nervous talking to you, he said. At which point I uttered these words. And please forgive me. <laughs> Get ready to cringe. And I will never, ever say anything this cringy again. I will do my very best not to. I said, don't worry. I'm just a human like everyone else. At which mm. point I had my head in my hands going, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> What would you have rather said to get the the flip side? Uh, well, I, I think it, I just would have been like, well, no need to be nervous. Whatever. I mean, it's the fact that I even had to say I'm just a human. Right. Clearly implied <laughs> I didn't think I was. I was somehow Let me come down the level. Now. <laughs> yeah. But of course, all these inquiries suddenly meant that I was like, well, hang on, this is ridiculous. Why would I turn these away? When ultimately all I'm doing is having a conversation with someone, whether that's face to face or online, all I'm doing is chatting. 
Mm-hmm. All I'm doing is helping them sequence some new ideas together. And this is not like uh, I'm not doing acupressure or acupuncture where I actually or massage, you know, where I have to physically touch the person. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't touch my clients that often, if at all. <laughs> When they come into my office, so yeah, I'd say very, very minimal, and like the shape of something like a Dave Elman induction, where there may be the floppy arm drop, or exactly. you know, bits of like hypnotic phenomenon. I found by kind of respectfully shoving the arm in a certain way gets that locked mm-hmm. position, but it's where just a few extra words can get the same result too. Exactly, and um, I think that's interesting. Which is, I think, some people get that they're taught a script. Mm-hmm. Or they're taught to taught certain techniques, and now they forget to look beyond the technique at what the the actual point of it is. So it's like you know, if in the script it says, "Now touch their fist in a forceful manner," and that's nope, how we exactly. learnt it. Nope, it's like, yeah, oh exactly. well, yeah, take the whole thing <laughs> out, you know. Although, uh, correct me on this, because part of your style, part of your approach, and your branding is the name of the podcast as well as Rapid Change Works. That looking at how there's this, you know, sort of, uh, it's not necessarily the close your eyes in an hour of eyes closed hypnosis. There's a lot of interaction in the work that you do. And can you give just for those of you that those out there that are not familiar with your work, kind of walk through like what the session may often look like, even if it was in person. Yeah. I, I work very conversationally these days. It's very rare that I do any eyes closed mm-hmm. formal in inverted commas hypnosis. Um, the way I look at hypnosis essentially is uh, this, and I, I think we've talked about this before, but this idea of, uh, and I'll give the example of if someone takes a blackboard and they take their fingernails, and you know that moment when people reach over and they scrape their nails down the board, and I'll tell that to clients and I'll watch them in my during a session, shiver and squirm in their seat, and I'll say, what are you squirming about? And they go, oh, the sound of the nails down the chalkboard, and I'll go, well, there was no chalkboard. It was just, I drew a square in the air and they went and created a whole narrative in their head and got so absorbed into it that their body responded as though it were real. For me, that's how I term hypnosis. It's just getting so absorbed into the thoughts in your head that you begin Mm -hmm. to treat it as real. So sometimes the job for me is not necessarily to hypnotize them, but it's to begin to demonstrate and show them how they can both become absorbed into their thoughts and also dehypnotize themselves, i.e., notice that they are just thoughts. They can kind of step back from it. And somewhere between those two positions is kind of how I work. It's being able to flip between those two and having them discover. And a good example I often, because um, I've had this question before from clients when they ring me up and they say, How do you work or what's different about you? And I say to them this, I say, let me tell you about a story, a true story. When I was eight years old, I woke up in the middle of the night screaming because I could see a dark cloaked figure towering above me, which I'll, let's be honest, that's pretty scary at any age, let alone being eight. And I remember screaming, mom, mom, my mom comes running in. What is it? What is it? And I was kind of shivering and shaking, racked with anxiety. There, look, cloaked figure, corner of the room. And then she did the most powerful thing. She turned on the light. And then I saw it. It was my dressing gown hanging over the wardrobe. That was it. Job done. Now, I didn't have to have 15 years of therapy to get over the 
cloaked figure in the corner of the room once I'd realized, ah, it's not what I thought it was. Just a, it's just my dressing gown hanging over the corner of the room, uh, of the wardrobe. That is all. Now, sometimes there are different approaches, I'll say to people, that you might be a counsellor. What would a counsellor, a counselling approach be if uh, in that scenario, eight-year-old screams cloaked figure in the corner? They might walk into the room and say, well, let, let's talk about why do you think you're seeing cloaked figures in the corner of the room? How does that feel? How's the relationship with your mother and your father? Have you ever dreamt of fish? That might be what they would do. And let's be honest, I don't think that's going to work so well if you think there's a cloaked figure in the corner of the room towering above you. Mm -hmm. You might do some cognitive behavioral therapeutic approaches. What might that look like? Well, you might end up going, mom, mom, there's a cloaked figure in the corner of my room. Well, okay, let's rationalize this. How many times have you gone to sleep each night over the last eight years? And how many of those nights have you ever been killed by a cloaked figure? Not many, if at all. So the chances that you're going to be killed tonight, very slim. Remember that. But that's all well and good. But if you're still seeing cloaked figure, you're going to be terrified. Or you might be a what I would call a traditional hypnotherapist. And they might walk into the room and say, while you're seeing the cloaked figure in the corner of the room, they might say, just instead, close your eyes. Imagine relaxing the muscles around your, your, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, and really go to a safe place. You're in a wonderful beach. You can feel the comfortable feelings of the beach, the water, See, which is all great. But if there's a whopping great figure in the corner of the room, not going to be effective. <laughs> but if you can just turn on the light so someone realizes, hold on, it's just dressing gown. It's just wardrobe. The whole thing is going to melt away, and you're not going to have to do a technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how I work. It's much more conversational. And that's always now what I'm pointing to. Yeah. Which, again, there's no limitations on that as an approach. And realizing that so much of our communication is already hypnotic, so much of even the issue itself that's happening is hypnotic in nature. And just changing that sort of focal point, shifting that attention. And um, that can be done in any format. Absolutely. I, I never, I've just, it, it's almost kind of funny having this conversation because it's like, I don't really understand like why anyone would think there were limits. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's like, you know, for me, it's a little bit like saying, you know, I, I eat in my kitchen and then someone going, well, now we're going to have to eat in the living room. And they go, what? How will I eat in the living room? Well, it's like the same way. You like pick the food up and like, are we still talking about this? That, that's, oh, that's, making me go to a, that's making me go to an extremely specific moment that there's a, there's a Holiday Inn hotel up the road that we often do guest events at. And I show up early. The management all knows me. And yes, I will often, in my head, rationalize. We've given them several thousand dollars for the room. I will have breakfast at the hotel as well. And <laughs> one of the students goes, watches me, and I'm just you know, being efficient there. It's like, oh, you shouldn't eat your breakfast when you're standing up. It's not good for your digestion. It slows down weight loss. And I'm like, one, are you calling me fat? And uh, two, is that the criteria? And three, um, wait, what? <laughs> where we, we set these rules and really it's the same block. And that's part of why I wanted to have you on here just to share this as the dialogue that it doesn't have to be too much of a different experience. All it requires is a little bit more technology and kind of what you started with too. And I'd give a correlation here of suggestibility tests, not in the way that we would think of them as hypnotists for gauging what style of hypnosis they best respond to, which 
know to that anyway, but more so the way that the stage hypnotist, despite what they believe, they're really using that suggestibility test to entrain compliance. When you follow my steps, you're going to notice this result. And I, I think back to when I was doing those programs, and this is going to sound horrible, but I wasn't using those routines to pick my volunteers from the audience. I was using those routines to profile my audience and look out and draw red X's on the faces of people who weren't following my instructions out there. Yeah. So the more I can use a little bit more you know, explanatory language, that's what's going to set that foundation for showing up, first of all, whether it's in person or online, and just building the foundation that as soon as we're connected, because uh, Howard, I feel like you're in the same room with me right now. Oh, the, the feeling's mutual. The feeling's I know, right? Mutual. Um, <laughs> you've just reminded me that compliance idea, by the way, which is one thing I do do when I jump on. One of the first things I do is we often play around with that camera position a bit. Can you move it up a bit? No, no, down a bit more. Just, just a bit to the left, just a bit. And right from the beginning, they're following instruction. They're, oh, mm -hmm. and they go, is that all right? There's this kind of feeling that we're, we're giving instructions, they're playing along with me, and that, that their role is to, to listen and to follow instructions. Well, let's look uh, at that moment, because I've seen, back to stage hypnosis, I've seen some stage hypnotist who would do the moving around of volunteers for that compliance reason. But then again, I did this, and for those that have seen Mark Savard in Vegas, clearly he is at times casting roles for specific routines that he's going to do. The most attractive woman on the stage, he's going to turn her into the person who's absolutely disgusted by him. The woman who fits into the grandma character is going to be the one madly in love with him, and that's going to be something that he's casting. So we can look at the video strategy as being something of compliance, but is there a specific angle that you're trying to get as a result of that too. Yes. <laughs> so what's, uh, How's what's that? <laughs> what's, I like it. Okay, good. Fantastic yeah. having you on three times. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> what's, what's the, what's the camera shot you're trying to get? Um, the, the camera shot I actually want, which is actually most helpful for me, as well as it just being useful in terms of getting compliance because it sets up that, issue um uh, them following me is listen like years and years ago i got a degree in uh media so i was like really particular about my composition so i like to have the eye line about two-thirds of the way up the screen <laughs> a lot of people I, I hate working with people when they're like this tiny little head at the bottom of the screen yeah. where you can just see their like eyes peeking over you know or you can't, exactly, uh, or you can't see, uh, or maybe they've got a light behind them so bright that all you can see is their silhouette. You know, I, I was interviewed recently um, for the website Net Doctor about hypnotherapy, and I was asked the question, could you do it by phone? Uh, and I was like, well, y you could do it by phone, but I choose not to because I, need, I like to see some nonverbal stuff. Mm -hmm. So if I can see more of the body, you know, from, you know, I would say two-thirds shot, sort of mid-stomach uh, all the way to head. Uh, and I can see some arms as well. I get to see non-verbal gestures, arm movements, eye rolls, breathing, and the rate of breathing. All of those things I want to make sure that are clear on camera. Nice. Yeah, that, that's what I want. I tend to be the same way that at least I want to see face and in the best situation, I want to see hands where they're resting. 
whether it's in the lap or often on the arms of a chair. And then once I've got those two points, everything in between we can work with. Yeah. Well, this has been really helpful, especially the the almost debunking of this entire special series I've been putting together. Howard, thank you. No, no, uh, no pleasure. <laughs> that's, that's why I wanted you on, to have that conversation that so much of it can be the exact same thing that we do. And just looking at how I love the nuance, the correlation between the no-show appointment and the online success is just simply a few steps at the beginning sets the foundation for a successful experience. Totally. I totally yeah. agree. So uh, it's our favorite as a fellow podcaster. You know what comes at the end. Howard, where can people find you online? Well, funnily enough, they can find me at www.rapidchange.works. And we have a host of uh, online trainings, which are really useful uh, for learning some of these skill sets and approaches. And particularly if people are interested in working in the way that I work in terms of conversationally and pointing towards things being thought. There's a bunch of stuff on there that will help you to expose the, the psychological illusion of people's minds that people can go and, uh, and buy. And how you can apply that to all areas. So allergies as well is a really cool area. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna let you get more specific because I have most everything that's on your site because uh, you have some of your stuff on there. You have some other hosted information too. I ask it like a question, like I don't know the answer when I'm directly leading you to talk about Jurgen and Felix. <laughs> Funnily <laughs> enough, Jason. <laughs> Funny you mention that. Uh, yeah, we've got, um, we host, um, I'm the host of Jurgen Rasmussen's, all of Jurgen Rasmussen's online training. So Jurgen Rasmussen, um, you probably already know, but for those mm -hmm. of you who aren't familiar, he's the author of uh, two really cool books, Provocative Hypnosis. This was a book that uh, John Grinder, the co-founder of NLP, he read the stuff and went, this is the stuff of genius, is the quote mm -hmm. that he, uh, he said. And it really is. It really challenges a lot of what people know and think and how they can operate. And uh, he founded and created the Psychological Illusion Model. Uh, I was the first person to bring him over to the UK, actually to bring him over to train anyone in this. And we filmed it. We turned it to a three. It was a three-day event. You can get access to that on my site. There is currently, due to the, uh, the, the the situation and the uncertainty that there is at the moment, we have got a sale at the moment. So we have reduced the price so that people can partake, especially if they've got time on their hands, they can go and get it. Um, and also Felix, Econo Markets, he is probably most well known for dealing with selective eating disorders. Uh, and uh, he has a, a process called the 4Rs process. It is really cool. And I know he's been a guest on your but the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast as well. But yeah, we, 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 I host a training of his and it's a very nice conversational way of working again where it gets people to take responsibility for their own change. Very easy uh, to do. And rather than it being one specific technique, he really gives you everything you need from the start of one session all the way through to the end of a session. It's like everything that you need to get a result with someone. And uh, I think you've seen him live as well, haven't you? At the yeah, hypnosis yeah. convention with some uh, some cool stuff. So, um, yeah, check them out. That they're there, and uh, yeah, all interesting stuff to, to to look into. Absolutely, good stuff that I've watched and I use as well. So, before we wrap it up, Howard, any uh, final thoughts for the listeners out there? Uh, final thoughts for the listeners. Listen, if you think you can or you think you can't, I can't remember the rest of it. And that's the most important thing to remember. 
Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for using it as a resource in your ongoing hypnotic education. And once again, check out worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash now online. No punctuation, no space in the middle, just cram those two words together. That's where you'll find all the resources we're putting out during this uh, virus pandemic, all the resources for online sessions. And yes, if you're listening to this as it comes out, you can be there in real time with me and Dan and Howard. If you're listening after the fact, the same link will exist because we will make that available as a product for replays afterwards as well. So worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash now online. Thanks for listening. Thanks for interacting. And I look forward to seeing you in person very soon. And as we're saying this month, of course, wash your hands. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. <laughs>